Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ, the remnant. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we appreciate you guys, your prayers, your support, your interaction. Uh, another outstanding guest returns with us today, and I can't wait to get to him. Uh, right now, Lo, let's go to God. Father in heaven, thank you for giving us another day to love you, serve you, to speak the truth in love, and to hopefully point people to the only hope and that is salvation in Jesus Christ. And we pray, Lord, that you would use us as the salt and light we are supposed to be in our spheres of influence, wherever we're at in the country and around the world, Lord. We are still doing your work because uh, the, our mission hasn't changed. Please remind people, especially Christians who are maybe feeling a little overwhelmed with all that's happening around them, and encourage their hearts today. Give them the strength that they need and the eternal perspective to understand the times and know how to respond to what's going on. May we be strong and courageous, not fearful, and remind us, Lord God, thank you for your Holy Spirit in us. Remind us that you are with us wherever we go. We love you. We lift up this hour to you. And we pray that you would guide this conversation by your Holy Spirit, that you would challenge people, encourage their hearts, and do your will through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, we're so blessed to have back with us Pastor Steve Smotherman, author and senior pastor of Legacy Church, Albuquerque, New Mexico. He's one of my favorite patriot pastors. He believes in staying true to God's word and refusing to compromise or cater to culture. Uh, he and his wife, Cynthia, have three children, eight grandkids. They're in Albuquerque. Steve, thanks for coming back on the podcast with us. It's an honor to be with you, sir, always. I think you do a great job, so thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. Hey, last week uh, we had uh, Rick Scarborough um, stirring up some trouble. The week before, Dan Fisher, Scott Lively. So that conference I went to last year, um, uh, it, down in uh, Texas, Dallas, Texas. It was just a, it, and for me in my life, that was a personal catalyst. And it was, um, just something that God used to really stir me up again when I needed the encouragement. And you were one of those pastors that spoke there and inspired me. And through that conference, um, Liberty Pastors, it really brought us some, some quality men of God, patriot pastors, to be able to share with our listeners and really um, take kind of what we, we've been doing to the next level. And so I thank you for being a part of that, and um, hopefully there will be many, many more like that. Um, Steve, let's start today. First of all, I want to get an update on your church. Um, I love the way, and a lot of our listeners resonate with you, the way you are not ashamed, or not, not ashamed of the gospel, of course, but not afraid to speak up against tyranny and some of these uh, ordinances, restrictions against the church, mandates, and get, bring us up to speed with your battle there in New Mexico and Albuquerque with the governor. Well, um, you know, we we obviously have a lawsuit that's in the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, we are now currently fighting the fines that we received from December 24th, having our midnight candlelight Christmas Eve service, um, which were, were the, you know, there was a lot of people who showed up, and so they fined us ten thousand dollars. So we're currently um, fighting that. Um, I think we have a hearing sometime this later this month, um, and it's just a, um, a pre preliminary hearing. Uh, we don't even know what that means. And um, but you know the thing that we've said and I've said publicly is we're not going to pay any fines, and here's why. I've had Christians say you should just pay the fines, and I said, listen, you don't understand. We pay them one penny then we've agreed that they're right, and we've agreed that we did something wrong. Mm. And uh, I, I refuse to do that. I don't care how long it takes, we're going to fight this thing. And so we're in a constant battle. Uh, you know, our state is still one of the most locked down states in all of America. We're fighting with the governor. On, she, she just passed what is one or the most liberal abortion bills in all of America. 
Um, now they're passing a suicide bill uh, that would basically, if you go in and you're bad enough or whatever, the doctor could give you something that day and let you die. Um, you, you name it, every bad thing you can imagine is being mm. passed here right now. Wow. Isn't, I think there are five or six states that have um, legalized euthanasia, and I know New Mexico is one of the big um, um, late-term abortion capitals in the country. Where, where are, is your state with those types of laws? With uh, abortion? Abortion and, and or euthanasia, yes. Yeah, see, abortion, they just passed uh, either the most or one of the most liberal abortion bills in all of America. We were very restrictive other than the partial abortion thing. So Albuquerque, where I live, is considered the partial birth abortion capital of the United States. Wow. People come from all over the country to do it. And mm. and just so you know how this state works, we we got it on the ballot at one time to vote that it would be illegal to do it in the city limits of Albuquerque, and we lost. Mm. And wow. so that's what we're battling here. So, and the suicide is the euthanasia. That now you can walk into a doctor's office. Uh, I think it goes to uh, the Senate for a full vote today, which will be passed because the Democrats um, they've ruled this state for almost 90 years. The Democrats have. That's why we're so awful and everything. And so they're going to pass a deal where you can go in and the doctor can, you know, two days later can let you kill yourself, or if they deem fit. They can do it right then. They can give you some stuff and let you die right then. It's terrible. Wow. Well, it, it's not surprising. We're, I think we've got to fight this. It's a, it is definitely a state battle, but it is the devaluing of human life that we've seen throughout the country that started so many years ago, decades ago, and now here we're fighting it uh, state by state. But I want to give you an opportunity to share some details. I love Charlie Kirk and uh, Turning Point USA. He's going to be at your church and I want to know if people can tune in and watch it online. Yes, they can. Um, they can go to our website. Uh, they can download. We have a free app they can download. They can go on our YouTube channel and, and subscribe to that and watch it. Yeah, it'll, all of it will be broadcast live over our uh, Facebook Live, YouTube, all the meetings that we have. And that's March 6th and 7th, uh, 6.30 p.m. Central Time. Is that correct? Uh, Central Time. Is that Texas Time? Uh, yes, Yes, it's yes. 6.30 on Saturday night, Texas time. Our okay. time would be 5.30. So, yes, and then 9, 10.45, and 12.30 on Sunday. Okay. Mountain time. Okay. My time. We love Charlie Kirk. Uh, we uh, at the station here, we broadcast Jack Hibbs, and uh, we have him. Uh, it's just an amazing. I just love men of God like that, especially Charlie Kirk. He's, he's so young, and yet he gets it, and he's so well-spoken. Uh, no surprise that he's going to be at your church. So, Steve, um, before we get into one of the topics today, and that is uh, the difference between being courageous versus cowardly, um, you've done a lot of sermons on the church needing to fight these battles, these cultural battles that we're in. And I just saw something that you guys posted on a message you did about surrender. Um, it doesn't seem to, they seem to contradict. Give us a little update on, on what you spoke on, and I know your, your take on it probably, but I would love for you to share because we are to surrender to God, but not surrender to the culture. So just that, uh, contrast. Yeah. Well, um, you, you know, first of all, I think what we've learned over this season is that, and I use this term, the church doesn't know how to take a punch. Uh, in our prosperity, in our being lax, being almost lazy, um, because we've never been persecuted, we found that the church as a whole, not everybody, because there's a lot of patriot pastors that you said, and, and guys who are standing up, and who were coming together from all kinds of different directions, you know, different groups, and saying, we can agree on this one thing, we're going to fight, we're going to stand up and, and fight for our freedoms. And so the church just doesn't know how to take a punch. We, we got punched, and what did we do? We lay down and didn't get back up and to throw our punches. And so, uh, you know, I did some messages on, on cowards don't go to heaven. And, and then last night when you're talking about surrender, that wasn't, that wasn't surrender like surrender to the culture. That was, that was surrender to the will of God, that it's not about us. It's about Jesus in us. Hmm. And uh, you, if you don't surrender your will to his, You'll, you'll be discouraged, disappointed. You'll complain constantly, which is what people do. And, and uh, man, once you surrender your will to his, then you'll just do what he asks you to do. 
And I want to point out, and we might as well go there right now before we get into some of these uh, recent stories in our culture, um, the Equality Act being one of them, um, Congress canceling God again, uh, what we heard from last week in the House of Representatives. But you preached on Revelation 21, and it reminded me, it starts off with, verse 8, starts off with the cowardly. And I'm going, wow, that's right, that's in there. So in context, it says, uh, he who sits on the throne said, behold, I'm making all things new. He said, right, for these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give water to the one who thirsts from the spring of water of life without cost. The one who overcomes will inherit these things. I will be his God. He will be my son. Verse 8, but for the cowardly and unbelieving, and abominable, and murderers, sexually immoral persons, sorcerers, idolaters, all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Steve, does cowardly, uh, how does that apply to the church? How does that apply to believers versus unbelievers? Could you clarify that? Well, I mean, to to believers, it, he, he's, I think it's pretty clear. You You know, Here's the thing. It doesn't say if you're afraid. It doesn't say if you're a little fearful. Mm-hmm. It says the cowards. And so what it means is the unbelievers, the corrupt. And, and, and he puts it in the same list, but he starts out with it. <laughs> and um, some say the faithless, uh, some translations. And so it, it, it's saying that you, you're going ha- to be hated. I mean, Jesus said it in, in, in this, you know, I put you in this world. You're not of the world. Uh, but because you're with me, the world's going to hate you. And I don't know why we as believers don't get that. So the cowardly really implies fear, uh, fearfulness and timidity. Uh, this is one definition I use. is someone who lacks the courage to do difficult, dangerous, or unpleasant things. A coward does whatever it takes to save his own skin, hmm. uh, enslaving himself to fear. And so he's saying, if you don't trust me enough to take and do what I've called you to do, then you're not going to make heaven. And I, and, and so the cowardly are those who say they believe in God, but they don't really believe God. In other mm. words, they don't believe enough to do it, to do what the Word says. They think that it's, we've just got to go along to get along. And that's the mm. cowardly. The, the Bible says in Mark 13, 13, um, those who endure to the end will be saved. Just the word endurance means there's problems. There's going to be issues. Yes. And so we just have to take whatever comes our way because of the stands and the beliefs that we have. We just didn't make up our beliefs. God said you need to believe these things, and we said, okay. And so believing those things means we go against the world and this culture and, and all the things, you know, the cancel, cancel culture, uh, you know, the, all the things that uh, we're being threatened to do. We, we, we have to go with the scriptures over all that. And, and the cowardly, those... That it's when you're when you're a coward, it's something who you actually are. Hmm. You're, you're you're just you you have no uh, depth to you to stand up and push back and say I'm not going to do that or I'm I'm not going to I'm going to fight against that, and and it's just it's really sad. Haven't we? As I'm generalizing now, there are some great churches, solid churches across the country. I'm talking about sound doctrine. Um, preaching the whole truth, the whole counsel of God, but haven't we generally seen in American Christianity a, a lot of the the really the preaching is is about self, about uh, we need to live our best life now, we need to have blessings, and and it's not really about some of these things, the forces of darkness that we're often up against, the opposition, the warfare that we have to go through, the things we should be fighting back on. When these things happen, we tend to go, wait a minute, this isn't Christianity. I'm supposed to be happy and having a good life. And and we've kind of gotten off track, haven't we? Well, we've gotten way off track. You know, God never says one place in his word, I came here to make you happy. Hmm. And we've made the gospel all about us. Yes. We have become the potter and told God he's the clay mm. instead of him the potter and we being the clay. Mm. We we don't understand the words of Paul says, fight the good fight of faith. We think that's just, you know, me getting my attitude better. But there's a fight out there. There's a fight for our rights. There's a fight for our beliefs. There's a fight to do the will of God, to do the, what the scriptures say. 
and and you're right. We we've we've I I term it we've fluffed and puffed people and told them how great they are and there's no sacrifices being made. And and what does Jesus say? Those who won't take up his cross and follow me are not worthy of my kingdom. Mm. And and taking up the cross is a death sentence. I mean, when when they took up the cross and went to to be crucified, that was a death sentence. And he said, you have to die to yourself and live for me. And, and so it, it, it's, it's tragedy because churches have become social clubs. Well, you know, I ask people all the time, though, because everybody wants to tell me they're a Christian, right? So <laughs> I'm like, well, okay. I said, can I ask you a few questions? I said, yeah, why do you go to your church? Well, my friends go there. Not one person has ever said they go to church because the gospel is being preached People's lives are being changed. People are being saved. Those are the things that we, <laughs> the reasons they always, well, I like it. My friends go there. The preacher's funny. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And then I say, so you're a real believer. Yes. And I'll ask him three questions Do you tithe? Mm. Do you serve? Uh oh. <laughs> Do you attend church on a regular basis? And you know, not one person has ever answered those questions mm-hmm. yet. Well, we're a nonprofit here uh, at Stand Up for the Truth, and approximately we we I think closer to ten percent um, of from from what we know of uh, listeners actually give, and that's high for churches. I think it's like five to seven percent. Do you uh, know that figure? I, I I don't. You know, I've heard all kinds when you look at the whole church, but. Um, most people, you know, they, they say 20% do all the work, you know, of the, of the church. And so most people don't give, don't serve, and they don't attend church on a regular basis. When I say regular, I don't mean what the Southern Baptist Convention has come out with or the, the Southern Baptist Movement that says it's once every five to six weeks. I'm talking about every week. Is church a priority to you? And, and they say no, and I said, you realize these are the fundamentals. But in our world, the way it works, mm. if you do those things, you're like really spiritual. Mm. And I'm thinking, no, those are the fundamentals. If you can't do the fundamentals, you're definitely not going to do the hard stuff. Exactly. Um, and, and so so I ask them those questions, and yeah. not one person has said, I do all those. Well, no, I don't really give. No, I'm not serving. I'm like, so you're not re- a real believer. You're a mm. phony, fake believer. Mm. Because how how can you be a real believer and not help somebody else? Let me put it this way. People say, I just want to serve God. They said all the time, oh, Pastor, or maybe even to you, I just want to serve God. Do you know how you serve God is by serving others? Mm-hmm. God yes. doesn't need me to do anything for him. I mean, really, I mean, he doesn't need me to, I mean, I don't make God any greater than he already is. But I can make him greater in other people's lives when I serve them. We serve God by serving others, and most people are all about their own life. I'm too busy. I've got a life. I've got a this. You know, it's just like people who don't tithe. I, and, and tithe is, you know, they get 10% of their income. Here's what they'll tell me. I have a house payment. I have a car payment. Surely God doesn't want me to not pay my bills and give him give the church money. They're always talking about the church. And I'm like, oh, yes, he does. You need to get a less expensive car. You need to sell your house, get a smaller house, whatever it takes to do to honor him. Mm. And so when I give my tithes, I say, I don't give it to Legacy Church. I give them to God. Now, Legacy Church is a steward over them, but it's a God thing. God's the one that blesses us, not not the church. The, the, the church as a whole does not bless my life. It's God who blesses my life. Now, he may use the vehicle of the church to do that, but I have to be plugged into a local church I have to be part of it, the community. I have to serve. I have to give. And here's why so many people, even so-called Christians, are against the church, because their heart's not there. And where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. They put no treasure in it, so their heart's not there, because the heart follows the treasure. Wow. That is such an important point. We've just got a minute left, uh, Pastor Steve, in this segment. But where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I think a lot of people tend to shy away from giving because some nonprofits and some churches have been irresponsible with the stewardship of tithes. But that doesn't let you off the hook. If you're a believer, where is your heart? So I, I agree with that. And, of course, it's scriptural. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. When we come back after this break, we're going to talk about the difference between you mentioned so-called Christians, and I would love for you to get into that. I called them professing Christians uh, for years, but when I heard you say so-called last year, I'm going, yeah, that's a good one. Let's talk about that and the difference between progressive Christians. And we'll talk about how God has been canceled in Congress. More on Stand Up For The Truth with Steve Smotherman next. 
thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Our guest today, Pastor Steve Smotherman, Legacy Church, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Charlie Kirk of Turning Point USA is going to be speaking there Saturday. That's March 6th, 6.30 p.m. Central Time. And you can watch that online. We'll put that link in today's podcast notes at standupforthetruth.com. Okay, Pastor Steve, before we got off the air here, I mean, before the break, um, first of all, you said something about fluffed and puffed people. I, I think of it as cotton candy Christianity. You can use that if, if you want. I didn't uh, trademark it. But cotton candy Christianity is what we're dealing with a lot of times in America. So there are so-called Christians. There are professing Christians. There are progressive Christians, but you um, have a little way to differentiate, and I would love for you to share that with our audience. Well, um, first of all, the, the, when I say so-called Christians, I'm talking about those who say they believe in God but don't do anything He says. They don't, they don't believe the Bible, so so they're really not believers at all. Um, mm. Progressive Christian, I don't even believe there's such a thing. But there's three commissions. The church needs to get back to do what Jesus said. Three commissions that He gave. Um, and, and this was, uh, the first one is in Mark, and it was given on the evening of the resurrection. He said, and he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. So the first thing is, we have to get people saved and born again. There's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus. So they have to, they have to come to salvation. And, and if you think about salvation, in Romans 10, when it talks about, if you believe in your heart and confess with the mouth of the Lord Jesus, you'll be saved. Notice the progression there. You, you have to be willing to submit to his lordship before there's salvation. Mm. What we want is salvation with no lordship. We want salvation with no accountability and no responsibility. Yep. And, and God says, no, you make me Lord, and then I'll save your life. Wow. And, and so and that's another, another thought. And then in Matthew 28, <laughs> it was given two to three weeks later. He says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go make disciples. So we, we get them born again. Then we, then we make disciples. And then the third one he gave right before the, uh, he was uh, raised um, uh, to heaven, ascend to heaven. Uh, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. And so you, you, need, you need the Holy Spirit. And so uh, Jesus gave these at three different times. Mm, yes. so, so the church needs to come back to the reality. You have to preach the gospel in such a way, and give people, uh, invite people to to ask Jesus to be Lord of their life. And what we've done is we've let people come to God on their own terms instead of we come on His terms. Mm. So we'll come to God any way you want, anytime you want, you know. And so then that people think, and these progressives, these so-called believers think, well, now they can dictate to God. Mm. The only way to come to Christ is to humble yourself and say, God, I need you in my life, and I'm willing to follow you wherever you lead me. And um, that's lordship. Wow. And lordship also says, I'm going to be a doer of the word. I'm going to purpose to do it. And I, we're going to make mistakes again. We're going to blow it. I'm not talking about people who are really striving to do what's right and sin because we all sin. And then, and then we have to make disciples out of them. We have to teach them. We have to instruct them to obey everything Jesus taught. And then we need the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we're lost. And so, so many churches have gotten rid of the Holy Spirit and 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 in its place put intellectualism mm-hmm. that somehow we're smarter than God and we can lean to our understanding instead of trusting him at times so that's the progression wow i love that and uh, it, a lot of that in between there comes the equipping of the saints that's got to yep. happen after they are saved but we've got so many people in our churches today that might not even or probably are not even converted and this is a problem this is a problem within the church. You mentioned, you know, so-called Christians. There are, there's this movement. I, I, it's an oxymoron, but it's the Christian left. Their views, their worldview is to me so unbiblical of some of the things they back up and support. Uh, it is astounding to me, but they, what they do a good job of hijacking words and the truth and redefining words. Um, with leftist definitions, and people fall for it, Steve. That's why we're seeing this whole woke uh, movement. It's a socialistic agenda. It, it is is about man. It's not God. It's humanism. So I'd love for you to touch on that because we've got a lot of people in in different churches that may or may not be true believers, but they are they are leaning left and they are believing. They've fallen for 
been deceived by progressive ideology. Well, you know, to call them Christians, I mean, Christian is a term that's so watered down now, right? Yes, it is. And so, uh, you know, and and in the Bible, when you look at the word Christian, it wasn't used in in a great context. I mean, when Paul was talking and and the king said, you almost convinced me to, to believe. It, it really, it, if you really read it and study it out, it's like, you think you, think you can convince me to believe? I mean, it was, it was really sarcastic. So the word Christian is a watered-down term that really means nothing. Jesus never used that term. The, the terms that we need to decide, the, the, the divides it is, if you, you can be a Christian all you want, which means nothing today. Are you a believer and are you a follower of Christ? Mm-hmm. So there, when, when people say, well, I'm a progressive Christian, no, you're not. You're lost and you're going to hell. You're deceived because you're, 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 you're making up your own gospel. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Galatians, the Apostle Paul talks about whether an angel or we come and preach a different gospel to you, you don't believe it. They're cursed. It's anathema. And so we need, to, we need to realize that just because someone calls themselves a Christian doesn't mean they're, they're a true believer. And so if, if you're saying, I, I believe in Jesus, but I believe something different than what he's teaching, then you're lost. You're deceived. You're, you're on your way to hell. This thing about just praying a prayer and I'm going to be saved for the rest of my life is really deceptive in itself. Mm. You, you have to be willing to submit your will to his. And that's a process too, right? I mean, it's not just all in one because as we grow, we're constantly giving God more of the things that we are, our attitudes, our words, our our thought life. I mm-hmm. mean, we we constantly um, are in a, a mode of working out our salvation with fear and trembling. But the thing that true believers have is they've made Jesus Lord. Yes, that He's the boss. I'm no longer the boss of my life. I'm His servant, and I will follow Him. So when they say when they're using terms and and say, well, I'm, I'm you know I believe that we can vote for now people who want to kill babies and and destroy our lives and. And, and, and think they can lord over our lives. That's just deceptive, mm-hmm. deception. Amen. And what does the Bible say? You'll know them by their fruit. Mm-hmm. So it's like an orange tree telling me, I'm not an orange tree, I'm an apple tree. I said, but you look like an orange. <laughs> you feel like an orange. You taste like an orange. Oh, no, I'm an apple. So it's all deception. And, and, and what does the devil do? You know, that he deceives. Mm. And, and they deceive because they're self-willed, not God-willed. Amen. They don't want to transition their thinking. They don't want to renew their mind, and that's the that's the so deceptive part. Listen, when you and I came to Christ, I had to change my whole life. I found out everything I did was a sin. The way I talked, what I drank, what I went out and partied, um, everything. It was like, oh, my gosh, I have to change my whole life. What these people are saying is, I don't want to change my life. I don't want to change the way I think um, because they're of a party spirit. And in Galatians, it talks about the works of the flesh, and one of them is a party spirit. They're more of a Democrat or Republican than they are a believer. Mm. And they believe those values because it suits them, even though God says, I don't believe in them at all. They're wrong. Mm. So they won't follow Christ. Amen. And that's idolatry. Either party, if you put up your politics over your God and what the truth of the word is, says, um, you've got to examine yourself. Uh, Steve, th- th- there's this progressive Christianity that is, they push things like government-run universal health care, policies bordering on socialism, climate change, open borders, and freedom to choose, of course, a choice, right? Abortion, inclusion, tolerance, diversity. I'm just reading off a couple things. And then equality. I want to go there for a minute now because this came up last week um, in Congress uh, Jerry Nadler, most of us have been familiar with this story now. Uh, he Basically, the Democrat leaders cancel God from Congress. It's, now, it's no surprise that the left continues to blot out God in America, but what we need to pay attention to is very few seem to object. So what he said after this, um, uh, what is his name, Greg Stubbe from Florida, quoted the scriptures on the authority of God and his word and gender, man, male and female, he quoted Deuteronomy. A woman must not wear men's clothing, nor a man wear woman's clothing, for the Lord your God detests anyone who does this. After quoting God's word and saying, now it it appears that consequences of rejecting God are in our country today, Democrat Jerry Nadler responded by saying, 
Mr. Stubbe, what any religious tradition describes as God's will is no concern of this Congress. And they were debating the Equality Act, which we can get into that a little bit more. We have already, but I would love to hear your thoughts on this exchange, Steve. Well, it, it, it's 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 the it's darkness versus light. It's the people who believe in God and those who don't. And and uh, you know it's 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 what we live in. Jesus said they're going to hate you. Uh, I mean, he said you're going to have trouble in this life. This is what so many people that go to these weak churches, these seeker churches, these mm-hmm. churches where the preacher wants to be more funny than he is doctrinally correct. <laughs> Um, this is what they buy into because 95, 90 something percent of all Christians are pulpit fed. So mm. they don't study the word on their own. So yes. whatever's being taught from the pulpit, that's the only thing they have faith for. That's scary. And so it's a fight. It's a fight to stand up and say, so I salute this, 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 uh, uh, congressman that stood up and read the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And, and he knew he was going to get ostracized. Yeah. And then we just heard the devil himself. These people, listen, you're either influenced by God or the devil. And so many of these progressive people don't even believe there's a devil. They, they don't believe in hell, so, but they believe in heaven. And you can't believe in one without the other, not really. Mm-hmm. And so they, they, they've come to a place where they've said, I'm going to make God in my image instead of God making me in his image. Mm. That's the bottom line. So for people to say I'm a believer and I stand with Nadler and Pelosi and 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 Biden, who is some people's president, um, I I just I, I cringe. I'm like mm. you're gonna, you're going to lose your eternal life. You're going to gain the world and lose your soul. Mm. And you can't have both. Exactly. God is going to separate you from these things, and they don't mix. Socialism and Jesus cannot exist in the same place. Amen. I agree completely. And what what they're doing is they, on the left, are saying that Christians, uh, conservatives, in this case the Florida representative Greg Stubbe, a Republican, uh, the other side doesn't have a voice in public policy. It's only those who are godless. So this is a dangerous thing, which is ironic that they opened up the session with prayer, like I think they always do every session. They open with a prayer, and then he says, God's will is no concern of this Congress. But, Steve, this was about the Equality Act, and I want to get your thoughts on that. This is been something we've been raising awareness of for years. They tried it a couple years ago. Um, they didn't get it through because they didn't have the votes, and they didn't have any support by the people. And so they're trying to ram it through again. The House just voted on it. It's passed now to the Senate that will vote on it. Biden already says he already proclaimed their mission to sign the Equality Act, oppose the God of the Bible. He opposes religious freedom and almost anything that uh, followers of Christ would be concerned about. So we're in a dangerous situation. It's it's nothing that we didn't see coming, those of us who have been paying attention. But it, I, you would probably call it, like I do, the so-called Equality Act. I would just like to get your thoughts on that before we touch on more of the LGBT influence in our culture and even in our churches. Well, the Equality Act is 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 going to be used to directly attack the church of the Lord Jesus. And if, if it passes, then it looks like it might. What's going to happen is God's going to separate the wheat from the chaff. Mm-hmm. That people who are true followers are going to dig in and say, we're never going to buy into this. I don't care what the consequences are. But there's going to be a state church, and there's going to be a church of the Lord Jesus. Mm. And we're already seeing it today. Wow. These weak-minded, I mean, it's, it's no different than Nazism and Hitler. There was a state church, and then there was Bonhoeffer and a very few others Amen. Um, that stood for truth and righteousness. And, and you, you know, we, this, this Equality Act is going to be used to attack the church, and that's, that's the bottom line. It's ungodly. It's unscriptural. Um, they, they hate the church because we oppose their values. So they're of the devil. I don't care how anybody says it. People don't even like to talk about the devil. Jesus, Jesus talks about the devil, and he, um, and he, and he, <laughs> he says he's real. Yes. And people are either influenced by God and His Word or the devil and his ways. And and this is demonic. This is the spirit. It's what I taught. I did a message. This is the spirit of the Antichrist working in the world to silence the church. Mm-hmm. What the church has to do is say. You're not going to silence us at all. In fact, we're going to get more vocal. And and so God's raising up pastors. I mean, the leaders of yesterday in the church, 
before COVID will not be the leaders of tomorrow because most of them faltered. Mm. Their true colors came out. Yes. And, and so this Equality Act is so dangerous, so, so ungodly. It's so against the scriptures. It's not about equality. It's about attacking people who believe in God. Yes, and they're pushing this agenda that is godless. And it's interesting. I have heard some opposition about the uh, legislation um, from people on the other side. You might call them uh, um, Democrats, moderates, or, or independents. There have been people speak because they're seeing their daughters in high school competing against biological males and losing not only races, but scholarships. This kind of thing is, and plus, why do we have to wait until the damage is done when young girls are assaulted in a restroom, locker room, you know, a, a dressing room, and then we're going to come back and say, wait a minute, well, okay, let's rethink this. It, it, the people, Steve, this is the frustrating thing for the citizens. Most people oppose this legislation, but yet those in power are going to drive it through. We've got two minutes left. Well, this is why our votes matter, right? Mm-hmm. And so the homosexual community um, is, is and, and, I, and I, I told you earlier that, you know, I've been at this church over 19 years, and I have been uh, saying this from the beginning. The homosexual community and its movement is the most dangerous movement ever because, the, you know, the homosexuals cannot reproduce one thing. Two men can't make a baby. Two women can't make a baby. So they have to, they have to recruit and this is the mm-hmm. recruiting tool to say they have to normalize mm-hmm. all this perversion. And, and what's sad is some, I call them so-called Christians, because they're not true believers. They're, 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 they're Christian in name only, um, because their fruit is not the same as our fruit. And, and so they bought into it and said, well, it is normal. It is abnormal. Mm-hmm. And where truth is removed, absurdity reigns. And these are absurd times. Oh, my goodness. That's awesome. Where truth is removed, absurdity reigns. Uh, we've got a podcast full of quotes from you today, Pastor Steve. We've got to get those up. Hey, we've got to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about this normalizing of homosexuality. Uh, you know, how long have they been doing this? Well, it's not surprising if you know the agenda of the left. More when we come back with Pastor Steve Smotherman on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Steve Smotherman, Legacy Church, Albuquerque, New Mexico. I wish we had two hours with you, brother. I, we're just getting this uh, these pearls of quotes. Um, they uh, Talking about the LGBT, they can't reproduce, so they have to recruit. You also said what we are going to see is the state church versus the church of the Lord Jesus. And just before our break, when truth is removed, absurdity reigns. Before we got back on, Steve, you talked about this constant fight we've been in for obviously a long time, many years. But the COVID fight started about a year ago. You've been battling this. You've been sued and you've got a case with uh, the state there in New Mexico what advice can you give before we get in continue this conversation? Uh, what advice can you give to other pastors of of churches who maybe don't don't think that they can actually fight this? Well, I mean, you, you fight it by just continuing to be who God's called you to be, and and so everybody can fight back. Just open your churches. Don't put any of the mandates on. I mean, one of the things we've done in our churches, we'll probably keep doing, is checking kids' temperatures. Um, because people want to bring their kids in the nursery sick, and so now they can't. Mm. But but all those other things, all we're doing is buying into the rhetoric of the left. Mm-hmm. And um, and people can say, oh, no, we're being safe. Really? We're being safe? So God said, um, you know, keep my doors open unless there's a virus. I mean, we, we just have to understand what we're fighting and what we're fighting for. And so for me, it's understanding... I, I'm taking a stand for the scriptures, knowing the world's not going to like it. But there'll be a lot of other believers like it. Here's what I believe. If pastors would just open up their churches again, they would grow. Because people are looking for real leadership. You see it on the left because the media props it up. You don't see it on the on the biblical side. Mm-hmm. And the leaders that we see out there that are on TV, a lot of them are weak. Just be honest. They're just weak. All they care about is their audience and how much money's coming in. 
And, and so we have to find leaders in the church that will stand up and preach the gospel regardless of what's being said or done. I mean, and every pastor can do that. Every pastor can stand up. Amen. Every pastor can say, you know what, we're going to have church. We're going to worship God the way we want to. Who cares what the government says? They don't have the right to tell me anything anyway. That's the attitude we have to take. Yes. And we act as if, I mean, this COVID-19, we act as if this virus has killed 20, 30, 40 percent of our population or something. It hasn't. Um, I noticed that Texas... Um, Alabama, Mississippi, Florida, and a few others are eliminating their mask mandates this week. President Biden responded. He said, I think it's a big mistake. Everybody's realized by now these masks make a difference. He said, the last thing we need is the Neanderthal thinking that in the meantime, everything's fine. Take off your mask and forget it. Your response to that. Um, say that again. Uh, my response to what? Basically, Joe Biden said it's a big mistake to... Uh, remove these mask mandates. And the bottom line, he said, the last thing we need is Neanderthal thinking that everything's everything's fine and just to take off your mask and forget it. Well, it it just shows you that how evil they are. Um, You you know, now it's come down to the mask is the thing. So they have to have something to control the masses with. And vaccines. Now, so now it's like you're Neanderthal. So what they try to do, the, the, the world, the, the, the ungodly, they try to shame people into obeying them. Mm-hmm. And we as believers have to look at it and say, show me one definitive study, and then maybe I'll do it. And, and, and it's, it's, just, it's just their way. So they have to call names because it's shaming. It's that cancel culture that you either do what we say or you're a bad person. Because I'm a good person because I put a mask on my face. Listen, just because you put a mask on your face doesn't make you a good person. Mm. And, and so people are thinking like, well, I'm so good because I'm doing, I'm doing it for the common good. Really? You're doing it because you've been shamed into it or you bought into lies. And so these kind of things we have to look at as a church and say, who cares what he says? He, the, the, they've always called, when we're against the homosexual movement, what do they say? We're haters. We're intolerant. They're trying to shame people into believing the way they want to believe because, again, when you remove truth, listen, truth cuts deep whether you believe it or not. Mm. And so when you remove it, absurdity reigns. And so all the absurdities, like a, a man thinks they can cut their genitalia off and become a woman, you're still DNA. Uh, if they check your DNA, you're still a male. It does, you yes. can't change it. You, so what they're doing is saying, I'm going to create myself in my image I don't care what God said. In fact, God made me this way. They blaspheme his very name. And, yeah. and it's, just, it's just stupid. It, I, I don't know how to say it any other way. <laughs> this is the way I talk from the pulpit. I said, if people to believe this is just stupid. And, and just because the governor of Texas says, we've had enough. We're just going to let people go back and live their lives. Somehow, people going back and living according to the Constitution, the freedoms and rights that God gave them, somehow is evil. Mm-hmm. And then, well, control. yep, well-meaning Christians start virtue signaling. And you're right, they use the mask. I've heard more disappointing comments, Steve, from Christians that now it's the vaccine. That's going to be the thing that's going to give us hope and allow us to go back to a normal. No, it's not. But anyway, that's a whole, for a whole other topic. Let's go back to our, uh, what we finished up the last segment talking about and that is the, this agenda that is not going to go away of the LGBT, the Equality Act, pushing for not, not equal rights, but special rights. I came across a great quote about 10 years ago from Peter Heck. He's a history teacher and he's an author, a Christian author. He said, the LGBT knows the success of their cause depends on the total abolishment of the Judeo-Christian ethic and the morality or the moral authority it teaches. That is why any belief that the homosexual lobby is merely a passive group of individuals wanting to peacefully coexist with others who have different beliefs and values is naively absurd. And I love it kind of goes along with your quote, when truth is removed, absurdity reigns. And they do not, we, I hope most people realize by now, they do not just want to live and let live. Um, they're just forcing change, radical change. I saw um, three men raising a baby, three men, literally three gay men raising a, a young baby. That's the new thing now. 
Um, and so this thing is not going to go away, and it's going to come knocking on the door of our churches. Uh, Steve, when you you gave a sermon about a month ago, I don't remember which one it was, where you were talking about someone, I think, brought a friend who was a lesbian. It may have been to your church, and you just really shared the truth of the gospel and, and actually what it says in the Bible about homosexuality in First Corinthians 6, 9, and 10. Would, do you remember that portion of the sermon, and could you give us some perspective on this when gay or lesbian so-called believers, Christians, are in our midst? Well, well you, you know, so if, if I remember correctly, I was talking about I had a conversation with the lesbian that came to our church, and then she got connected with a the woman. They went to another church, and 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 she says, "Yet yeah, my lesbian friend won't come to your church because you don't agree with us. You say it's wrong." And then I asked her. I said, "Why? Why do you go to any church?" Mm, that's and it. she goes, "Well, because I like it." I said, "But why?" Mm-hmm. And then she was complaining about her girlfriend's always late and. I said, why, 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 and, and what church are you going to? And she told me, and I said, so you stand there holding hands and worshiping who? She said, well, I'm worshiping God. I said, no, you're, you're blaspheming God. Mm. You're in total sin. And, and so, you know, I, I'm not mean to anybody, but man, the truth is the truth. They're going to hell, and we have to have a concern that we don't want anybody to go to hell. So we're afraid to say the truth because we're afraid of the response. I mean, we've gotten calls here that said, we're going to kill you, we're going to pick at you, and I'm like, pick at us. I don't care. That's more publicity. Free publicity. <laughs> I don't care what you do. Do whatever you want to do. And when they realize you don't care, they, don't, they quit talking because they can't, they can't shame you into agreeing with them. So again, the homosexual community has to recruit. They can't reproduce anything. What is one of the mantras? Get them by eight or it's too late. Mm. It, it, it's, uh-huh. it's, so most kids that are homosexual have been sexually abused. That's how the spirit in them, which is demonic, works. And they say, well, they're good people. Again, good people, nice people, generous people don't go to heaven. Only truly saved people go to heaven. And so, and so they have to normalize their belief. And, and so when you're talking to people, lesbians, you don't sugarcoat it. You just say it. You don't say it mean. You just, you, you just say this is the truth. Whether you like it or not, I like it or not, the truth is the truth is the truth. And if you're going to live that lifestyle, you're going to die and go to hell. It's wrong. Yes. And it's demonic. Mm-hmm. And God didn't make you that way. No. But the church... We're so afraid of being criticized. Yes. Defriended. And we can't be because Jesus said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. Mm-hmm. So, so what? Okay, they hate me. But you know what? I can go to sleep at night saying, Lord, I did everything I could. I mm-hmm. said everything I knew to say to get them to, to repent. And, and here's the problem. When people don't hear the truth, there's nothing for them to draw on. There's mm-hmm. nothing for the Spirit of God to deal with their conscience about. And so right. when we water down or avoid it or say things that aren't true and it's okay. And, and, and I tell people, you can be a lesbian and a homosexual. You're welcome here. But in our church, you will have no public displays of affection. Mm-hmm. Here's what the church needs to realize, that us as preachers and pastors and leaders like yourself, we're going to be judged differently. And so I tell the church all the time. You can come here if you're a lesbian, homosexual. And we have them coming, which is shocking, but we do. Because I think deep down they don't want, they, they want, they want to know they can get free. Mm. But, but if two, if I allow two women or two men to be holding hands, walking in our foyer, and this five-year-old or six-year-old kid comes and sees it, and somehow it sows a seed in their heart and mind yep. that I guess it's okay, because the church says it's okay. Man, we, we're, we're in a lot of trouble. And so I refuse to let any child ever think when they come to church that that's acceptable behavior. Thank you. Thank you for your stand and just speaking the truth about that because it is dangerous. It is seducing an entire generation, and they do recruit as young as possible. What do you think they're doing in the public schools with the hypersexualized, uh, you know, so-called sex education? But, um, Steve, it, people need to know that they're going to plant seeds of truth and they may not get a positive result right away. But we, how have we become, I know we only have two minutes left, but how have we become so afraid of being called 
hateful or intolerant or whatever, when we are preaching, just speaking the word of God and the truths it teaches on this topic? Why are we so afraid to be called names? Because what we haven't realized, it's not about, I'm a servant. I'm a servant, and you're a servant of the Most High. And what we've done is we've made it about us instead of about Jesus. Mm. If Jesus said, they hated me, they're going to hate you, then we, we have to realize it's not about me, it's about who lives in me. And if we would ever come to that, that truth, that revelation, that it's Christ that lives in me, that I'm not my own, that, that I'm His, you know, my body's not my own, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. If we would ever come to that place and quit taking it so stinking personal, and, and it's all about me, and oh, whoa, they attack me, and just say, no, they're not attacking me. They're attacking the one who lives in me, the one I serve. And, and, it, and it's so amazing how we've made it, again, even preachers, uh, leaders, about us instead of about Jesus in us. If they killed him, they're probably going to kill us. If they hated him, the world hates God, hates Jesus. And so why are we going to let people who know nothing about God, and I say this a lot too, why are we going to let the world tell us how to be Christians? And so when the world comes and says, oh, you Christians, and if you're a Christian, you should act like this, I look at them and say, first of all, you're not one. You can't tell me how to act. You have no idea. Hmm. And what we have to realize is the Bible was written to believers, not to the unbeliever. And, and so they don't understand. They're lost. They're in darkness. Mm-hmm. And what does darkness do? It, it screams when light comes in. It repels That's it. Right. And they get irritated, you know. When you walk from a, a light room into a dark room, or I mean, the other way, when you walk from a dark room to a light room, what do we do? We, 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 we kind of cover our eyes for a minute so we can adjust. And, and so we're, spe- we're preachers of truth and righteousness. Mm. And, and, and whether the people receive it at the moment or not, at least we said what we needed to say to sow seeds in their heart. It's God who makes the increase. But if there's no increase in them to make, how's God going to make that? Mm. Amen. So important. So many good points you made there in that last uh, response, Steve. Thank you so much for your passion, your, your stand against the truth, and just for being faithful to the Word of God. And uh, you're, you've got a blessed congregation there at Legacy Church in Albuquerque. We'll talk to you again, Lord willing, soon. And uh, thanks for being on the podcast with us today. Thank you for having me. You're awesome, man. You're I appreciate it. Thanks. God bless you, brother. Uh, we'll let you know who our guest is tomorrow next. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now, we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. When truth is removed, absurdity reigns. That's one quote from Pastor Steve Smotherman in this podcast today. Tomorrow, Pastor Eric Jackson back in studio. Uh, it's been a while since we've had him on. It's going to be great to catch up with him and uh, just talk about the younger generation, you know, and how um, they are responding to th- these times that we're in. So we'll get an update from Eric Jackson. I want to go ahead to Monday and tease. Uh, we've got Dr. Erwin Lutzer. Um, we will not be silenced. He's got a new book out, and we'll be talking with him on Monday. Can't wait to get to him as well. But thank you guys so much again for tuning in. And as always, God bless you and keep speaking the truth about things that matter.